Welcome to another inspiring message from LifePoint Church, recorded live in Adelaide, Australia. It is our prayer that you would experience the life-changing power and presence of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this message. Enjoy. Can we just lift our hands to God just for one moment? Just turn our attention onto the Lord and just open our hearts to receive from Him. God, we thank You tonight. We thank You tonight for Your Spirit in this place. We thank You, God, that we haven't just come here to do another service, but First Sunday is all about making room for You to move, making room for You to speak to us, making room for You to encounter us, God, and change the course of our life. God, thank You that an encounter with You can change everything in just one moment of time. An encounter with you can break strongholds an encounter with you can bring direction and vision an encounter with you can change us tonight Lord God and so tonight Father we just open our hearts to you we say God come and do what only you can do come and move like only you can move and speak to us tonight in the mighty name of Jesus everybody said Amen, amen, awesome. So I want to share a word with us tonight. I want to look at the book of Ezekiel and chapter 37. I want to share a word called, When God Opens a Closed Conversation. When God Opens a Closed Conversation. Why don't you just take a second to say hello to the person next to you. Tell them they're looking good tonight. Even if you have to speak that out in faith, go ahead and speak that out in faith. Now everyone looks... Everyone looks good tonight. We're going to Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 1. It says this, The Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live Again, I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he had told me. And suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched muscles and flesh form over the bones then skin formed over them to cover their bodies and they still had no breath in them then he said to me speak a prophetic message to the wind son of man speak a prophetic message and say this is what the sovereign lord says come O breath from the four winds breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live Again, so I spoke the message as he commanded and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore, prophesy. 
Awesome. So I want to share on this passage of scripture tonight. My message is called, When God Opens a Closed Conversation. I wonder if you've ever been part of a conversation that you just couldn't wait to get out of. Uh, We all have those conversations in our lives. Maybe it's a conversation that we don't quite understand, or maybe it's a conversation that we don't want to be having. Um, My housemate, Rachel, who's sitting down here um, on the front row, she was uh, invited to Parliament House one day. Um, with our other friend Lauren who also goes to the church and they were invited to Parliament House to meet uh, some important people there and she goes to Parliament House to meet them and she said if I do tell this story to open my message she said you have to make sure you tell the church that I had a really bad migraine all right so we're putting it out there I did tell the church that she had a really bad migraine and that explains the events that followed anyway so she went to, to meet this really important person And um, Lauren went first to meet this person and she said, hello, I'm Lauren. And she shook their hand and then it was Rachel's turn to introduce herself and she looked at the person and she said, hi, I'm Lauren. And then she looked at them and she's like, oh, sorry, um, I'm actually Rachel. And the person's looking at her going like, how could you get your own name wrong? How many know that Rachel probably wanted to leave that conversation pretty quickly that day? Um, we can also leave conversations on Facebook. Many of us may be familiar with Facebook. If you're not familiar with Facebook, there is an email feature where you can email a lot of people at one time and have conversations with each other. And um, I think it's quite rude to leave conversations in Facebook. I, n- I will never leave your conversation. If you want to talk, if you're talking to me, I-, I feel like it's the equivalent to someone talking at me and me just ignoring them straight to their face, all right, to leave the conversation. But if you choose to... to enter me into a conversation I'm there for life for the rest I've got like from 2008 I've still got conversations on Facebook going Um, but you can actually choose to leave the conversation on Facebook but you can choose to leave conversations on Facebook we pick up this passage of scripture in Ezekiel chapter 37 and the children of Israel literally felt like when it came to the promise and the destiny and the future that God had for them God somewhere along the way had left the conversation God was no longer involved in the conversation about their promise and their future right now all it was was their own talking and their own speaking about the conversation Conversation. There was no dialogue going on. They felt like they were so far from the promise that God had once given them. You see, Ezekiel chapter 37 kicks off where Ezekiel is a prophet. He actually came to the land of Babylon. Uh, He was taken away with his people when King Nebuchadnezzar came and took captive the people of Israel. And so they were taken away into captivity. They were in a refugee camp and they lived in this situation. They didn't think it would be for very long, but year after year after year after year they continued in this same situation and when they looked at the promise of God given in Genesis chapter 2 and verse uh, Genesis chapter 12 and verse 2 to 3 it says I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and so you shall be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed when they looked at what God had said about them and they looked at their situation, they thought, obviously God has left this conversation. Obviously God has nothing to do with our situation because our situation, our promise, our destiny looks nothing like the promise that God has given us. The Bible tells us in those last few verses that I read 
um, that the Israelites actually said of themselves, we are dry bones. We are dry bones. Our hope has been cut off. We are dry bones and our hope has been cut off. It became a catchphrase that they used to describe themselves, that they used to describe their nation. They used to describe their promise. They felt like God had left the conversation. And so now all they had when they discussed their destiny and they discussed their promise was this small catchphrase that said, we are dry bones, our hope has been cut off. We are dry bones, our hope has been cut off. I don't know about you, but I know what it's like to wait a long time on a promise that you feel like God has given you. I don't know about you, but I know what it's like to feel like maybe God has left this conversation. God, are you still here? You gave me this promise. You gave me this word for this situation. But are you still a part of this conversation? Because this conversation looks nothing like your promise. All it looks like is the catchphrase that I've used to characterize my situation. Maybe I'll never get better. I don't have enough money to do that. I don't have the talent to be that person. Even though God has given you a promise to be that person, to buy that house, to do that thing in your career, even though God has given you a promise, we've reduced the conversation to a catchphrase that reflects the fact that we think that maybe God has left the conversation. Maybe God has left the conversation. I want to talk tonight about opening a closed conversation because God actually went to Ezekiel and he said, son of man, I want to lead you to a place where you look at these dry bones, where you look at the people of Israel. They've said one thing about their situation. They've said, we are dry bones. Our hope has been cut off. God said, no, I'm going to open this closed conversation. You think that your dry bones and your hope has been cut off? Look what I'm going to speak into this situation. God is actually in the business of opening closed conversations. And I believe that he wants to open some closed conversations in our lives. What catchphrases are we using to describe the promises that God has given us simply because it might have been a long time coming? Maybe our healing has been a long time coming. Maybe our future has been a long time coming. Our destiny, our promise has been a long time coming. Maybe that ministry that you're believing to break through has been a long time coming. Maybe your family situation is not changing and it's a long time coming to see the promise. I believe that God wants to open these closed conversations in our lives tonight. Do you know what? There are many people throughout history who have opened closed conversations. Uh, The first one I'd love to share about is Steve Jobs. Many of us would be familiar with a man named Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs in 1976 founded Apple Computers in the garage of his parents' home. 1976, he founded Apple Computers in the garage of his parents' home. Last year in 2016, Apple Computers turned over a $53 billion profit. So he starts Apple Computers in his parents' home, in his parents' garage, and last year they turned over a $53 billion profit. Here is the closed conversation that Steve Jobs opened. In his time in the early 70s, people believed that computers were too expensive for everyone to own. But Steve Jobs said, no, I see a world where every single person has their own personal computer that they can take with them. 
But they said no. The closed conversation says no. People can't take a computer because, number one, it's too expensive. Number two, computers are too big to be portable. That was the second closed conversation. Number three, the closed conversation that Steve Jobs entered was that computers are too hard for the average person to use. How many know today that we hold an Apple iPhone or you hold some derivative of an iPhone in your hand uh, that is a small version of a computer in your hand that you are able to use that is small and portable and that is not too expensive for us to access, for the common person to access. Steve Jobs in the natural opened a closed conversation and the world is different because of it. Man named William Wilberforce, he was faced with a closed conversation that said black people should be slaves to white people. Nearly everyone in his society believed this to be fact. He started a campaign that led to the Slavery Abolition Act in 1833, which abolished slavery in most of the British Empire and Wilberforce died just three days after hearing that the passage of the Act through Parliament was assured. William Wilberforce in the natural opened a closed conversation in his society. The Wright brothers looked at a closed conversation that said man cannot fly or maybe to be um, a bit more accurate man cannot fly without dying because if you want to if you want to try and fly you're not going to uh, be very successful at it in 1903 and so the Wright brothers said okay we're going to look at that closed conversation and we're going to open it we're going to change the catchphrase that characterizes this conversation and on December 17th 1903 Wilbur and Orville Wright made four brief flights to at Kitty Hawk with their first powered aircraft the Wright brothers had had invented the first successful airplane They opened a closed conversation. Finally, Walt Disney. Love Walt Disney. Any Disney fans in the place tonight? Walt Disney in 1953 bought 150 acres of land south of LA to build a theme park. He believed that people would travel to Southern California to come and visit the park. The closed conversations that people had with him was they said, there's no way that people will travel so far south of Los Angeles just for a theme park. How many know that today people travel from all over the world to get to Disneyland? Second thing that people said is there's no way that you could build a theme park that could maintain its budgets, let alone turn over a profit. I haven't written down the profit that Disneyland makes, but obviously everyone knows that it's a huge amount of profit that Disneyland makes. The third thing that people said to him was, you are not a property developer, you are a cartoonist, you cannot build a theme park. How many know that Walt Disney opened those closed conversations and changed the world of theme parks as we know it? All of these people opened closed conversations in the natural. But I believe that as Christians, God has actually called us to be people who open closed conversations in our society, in our lives, in our family life, in our workplace. God has called us to be the Ezekiels of our day who would speak the word of God, who would prophesy the word of God into closed conversations where people say there is no hope, where people say there is no future, when people say kids from that area will never amount 
to anything. When people say people on those kind of drugs never bounce back. When people say people from those sides of the tracks never get an education. God is saying, no, I want you to speak my word. I want you to prophesy into these closed conversations. And I want you to see those bones live again. So God has called us. God has called us to open the closed conversations in our lives and in our world. God cares about the closed conversations in our lives. The first thing that God said to Ezekiel when he opened this closed conversation was, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Ezekiel, can these bones live? What we see here is that God is opening a closed conversation with Ezekiel. God is opening a closed conversation with Ezekiel and Ezekiel goes, God, you alone know the answer to that. You alone know whether or not these bones can live. And we look at that and we think, oh, maybe that's a bit of a cop out. Like Ezekiel, like he's like, I don't know, God, do you know? Like obviously God knows what those bones can do and how those bones can live. But he says, God, you alone No, I don't believe that Ezekiel was copping out. I believe that Ezekiel was saying, all the people are saying one thing. All the people are saying, we are dry bones. Surely our hope is cut off. That's exactly what I see in front of me. But God, I want to know what you say about this closed conversation. I want to know what you say about these dry bones because your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. God, what do you have to say about this conversation? I believe that God is calling us firstly when he opens these closed conversations to enter the conversation that God is opening. God wants to open conversations in our lives. I wonder if we're attuned to what he is doing and what he is saying. Or are we just like the Israelites who just have a catchphrase, maybe I'll never be healed. Yeah, people from that area, they can never get saved. Yeah, my family's way too lost to ever find Jesus. Yeah, those people, they're far too on drugs to ever be set free. Yeah, that person, they're, they're, they're never going to be healed. They've got this and this and this condition. No, we're, God has not called us to be archaeologists who examine the bones and tell God or every reason why those bones can't live again. No, he's told us to be prophets who speak the word of God and see those conversations be open and respond to the word that God has for them. God wants to open closed conversations in our lives. Are we listening to the conversations that he is opening? The second thing that um, he says to Ezekiel is, is, son of man, I want you to prophesy over these bones. I want you to prophesy over these bones. As God was opening his closed conversation with Ezekiel, I believe first God opens the conversation and then he invites Ezekiel. He says, I've actually, I actually want you to become involved in this conversation, this closed conversation. I want you to become involved in this impossible situation. But I'm not going to let you describe the bones. I'm not going to let you tell me why they can't live. Ezekiel, I'm going to give you the words to speak over your situation. I'm going to give you the life to speak into it. I'm going to give you the strategy. I'm going to show you. I'm going to give you the word that you can build your faith upon because I know that all you've heard is what the world is saying but I'm going to give you some words to declare and see this situation changed. Church, I believe that God has not only called us to enter into the conversation with God but God has called us to be part of the conversation, to prophesy, to declare the word of God over those situations, to be used by God to change circumstances and situations in our lives and in the world around and about us. Maybe if the keys could come and join me up on stage, that would be awesome. Um, In verse 37, 
In the New King James Version, it says this, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of dry bones. Do you know what? I I believe that the third and final thing that we need if we want to be people who uh, open closed conversations in our society and in our lives and in our families' lives and in our workplaces, if we want to be people who open these closed conversations, we need to be first touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the hand of the Lord came upon Ezekiel. Do you know what? Without the touch of the Holy Spirit, without the touch of God coming upon us, we cannot see what God wants us to see. We cannot prophesy the word of God as God wants us to prophesy. But you know what? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when the Holy Spirit touches you, when the Holy Spirit comes and touches your life, the Bible says we are turned into different people. We become ministers of his gospel. We become people who can do the impossible here and now. We're no longer, it is no longer I that ministers, but it is the power that raised Christ from the dead ministering and speaking through you and speaking through me. We need the touch of God. We need the anointing of God. We need the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to anoint us, to prophesy into these situations. Jesus said in Luke chapter 4 and verse 8, he used a scripture verse from Isaiah that characterized his entire ministry. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favour has come. These are all closed conversations that Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit to open. Captives being released, blind eyes being opened, the oppressed being set free, people who were under condemnation receiving the Lord's favour. All closed conversations that God called Jesus under the anointing of the Holy Spirit to minister and prophesy into. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 15 to 17. The fire of God falls and the Holy Spirit is poured out on the day of Pentecost. Peter gets up in verse 15 and he says this, For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And what? Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Church, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we are enabled to prophesy into those circumstances, to speak the word of the Lord into those dry bones and see them come to life, those closed conversations and see those situations changed. We can see visions of what God wants for the future rather than what the world tells us to see. We can dream dreams, the God dreams for the future of this world and the world around and about our lives when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it was an encouragement to you. If you'd like to know more about LifePoint Church, please visit our website, lifepointchurch.com.au. 